Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out the bad city, broken in the bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad attitude, bad tape, bad lie, bad dude, bad rap, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City studios of the Pharrell Palatial, right across the river through the woods from where Granny already went to bed, but not before she snapped off a couple of tokes at a hybrid secret sauce in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, direct to drivers, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do, but all my friends that come around, flats to flats, a party of rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, one of the best is tied to tatter, but brains splattered all over Manhattan, should do, be shake it up. Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Mafia. The number's toll free, 844-843-6879. So uh, it's the end of this Nick Hawk game, and it's getting uh, chippy, intense, Crazy, wild, at the Garden. Three minutes left. Knicks by five. They're living dangerously on the edge, shooting threes left and right. They can't get a clean bucket. They can't get a good look at all. Everything's, you know, some downtown hack shot. Like Randall just chucked from 30 and bricked. He's been terrible again. This is... Uh, game one, game two, both of them terrible. I mean, just utterly terrible. I don't care what anybody says. A guy that averages, you know, what he's had, the most improved player in the league, he's got, he's four of 14, two of seven from downtown. He averaged 24 points, 10 boards, six times. And he's got, you know, 13, 10, and 2. I, you know, the double-double, but I still think it's awful. Uh, I just, his shooting and his shot selection has been awful. 2 of 7 from downtown. And I don't even know. Like, I was just talking right here. I think that uh, I could be wrong. I saw him chuck the 3 and miss. Now, this time, I have to look again and see what happens. He's mauling Hunter under the basket. I agree. That's a foul. They called the foul on him. He mauled Hunter. It was that simple. The only reason they're winning this game right now is because, and Mafia knows it, it's because the Hawks haven't hit the broad side of a barn in 10 minutes. They The only buckets they've gotten are from Trey Young and Capella, and they can't hit anything right now. They just can't hit anything. And then Randall just keeps taking bad shots. But that was a great pass by Randall to Gibson for the dunk. They're up seven with a minute 35 left. So uh, they got to stop Young. He shot a brick three, but they let Herter get the rebound. And then they shoot another three and miss. And then they don't get the rebound. It's unbelievable to me. But the ball went off of uh, Hunter, so the Knicks are going to get the ball up seven with a minute 27 left. Uh, They have to win this game. 
Otherwise, they go down to to Atlanta and go to Atlanta down to. They need to go to Atlanta 1-1. I mean, the, the games have been unbelievable. The series is going to be unbelievable. And that's all there is to it. Oh, my God, Randall hit a layup. I can't even believe it in the low block. They're up nine now with 113 left. The Garden's going Calypso Bay. So there you go, 100 to 91. We welcome in our radio affiliate Sirius XM, Mightier 1090 in San Diego, Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio. It's for all on a bench. So uh, earlier, the Sixers blew out the Wizards 120 to 95. And I, you know, that just is unbelievable to me that they can't show up for this game tonight. I, I just, it makes no sense to me whatsoever that the Wizards uh, get blown out like that. I mean, 120 to 95, my God. I mean, you're just getting your ass spanked by 25 points. I mean, my God. And then I don't know if you saw it or not, but some crazy fan. Uh, dumped a bucket of popcorn on Russell Westbrook's head when he got injured. So he was leaving the court injured with an ankle, and they were taking him into the dressing room, and some stupid-ass fan poured popcorn on him, and Westbrook lost it. He absolutely went nuts. It took like four people to hold him back from killing the guy. And now I think they, they definitely kicked the guy out of the arena and my guess will be he'll never go to another uh, Sixers game as long as he lives. He'll be banned for life. Because he thought he was, you know, really cool and he'd dump a, a bucket of popcorn on Russell Westbrook's head. I guarantee you they ban him for life from uh, the Wells Fargo. Mark my words. I mean, they have to. The NBA has to. You can't have fans throwing things at players ever. I don't care who it is, where it is, when it is. None of it matters. You're done. You're banned for life. Bottom line, it's that simple. And they know who the guy is. They already threw him out of the arena. They have to know who he is. So he's doomed. That guy's finished. Hope he enjoyed going to the last game of his life. Unless he moves. Because he's not getting into any uh, Sixer or Flyer games. I'll guarantee you that. He'll be banned from that arena forever. As of tonight. Finished. So we got a lot going on tonight. Pat Hickey of the Montreal Gazette will join us and talk hockey. It's for all on the bench. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It has come to our attention that some of you are guilty of superstition. Dude, trust us. Winning after an XL pepperoni pie before every game is just a coincidence. Take a breath. And maybe a diabetes test. We're your home for the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, so the Knicks win at 101-92 over the Hawks. And I got to tell you, um, I think Trey Young's digging his own grave by, you know, challenging these lunatic fans in New York. I mean, you are just digging your own grave. I mean, he was just giving them the business 
going off the floor in this game that they lost. And he was talking smack to fans going toward the tunnel. And there is just abusive behavior going on by Nick fans toward this guy. And like, I just think it's going to become increasingly inconvenient for his life because I mean, I know he doesn't have to play here that often, but he has to play here. And uh, he's in a series here right now. They're going to have, you know, games five and seven here at worst if they go seven, right? At the very least, game five. And they abused him all night. And the bottom line is uh, he still had a really good game. I don't deny that he had 30 points and he had seven assists. He's incredible, but uh, it's only going to get worse. The more you egg them on, the more you talk, the more they're going to return serve. And I just don't think it's a healthy way to make a living going up against them. Like, there are certain places, in my opinion, you just do not challenge these fans. And it's uh, New York and Philadelphia. And I would also put in there Chavez Ravine at Dodger Stadium. You see what happens to people that challenge them. They end up uh, with brain damage. I mean, do I? you don't have to, like, bring up Brian Stowe to everybody, do you, Pharrell? Do, do I have to bring up the guy that they beat almost to death? You know I'm right, Mafia. There's, I mean, I, like, I'm not even trying to be, but it's reality. Like, these people out there, what do you mean, you people? These, these folks, these fine, wonderful people in Los Angeles at Chavez Ravine, they'll kill you dead. I mean, they will stomp you dead. They will stab you, shoot you. And it's all happened at the Dodger games right in the parking lot. I mean, Mafia, you know it's true. How many, you want me to pull up all the stories of people getting shot at the games and stabbed, beaten, stomped on. I mean, there are certain places I'm telling you, I'm warning you, you just don't do it. Right. You need and to it- shut your mouth. And I don't care who you are. You think you're t- – because he, a- after game one, he talked it, right? He he talked the talk. He said, I love it. Bring it on. You think you phase me? I'm the villain? I love it. Bring it on. You suck. And he has just challenged – the wrong people, Mafia. Yeah, I mean, this kid's a baby in this league. He, he forgets that. He, it's one thing, you know, he's talking about Reggie and Michael, and those are all-time greats. And even then, they didn't start doing that when they were first at the Garden. They did that after they knocked the Knicks out a couple times. After they had a bunch of success there, and they were the Knicks' nemesis, that's when they started to get into it with the fans. And you know what? The Knicks fans are crazy. But if, if you're good enough, they'll still respect you. You know, they'll give you that respect that you deserve, and it's kind of a, you know— more of a, I don't want to say loving back and forth, but it, it's definitely, you know, respectful back and forth, even when they're cursing you out. They know you're that good, and that's why they're giving you heat and trying to knock you off your game. But he ain't done a damn thing in this league. He had one nice shot. He had a great game for game one. He has had a great game game two. He had one game-winning shot at the Garden. He's going to talk crap like he's the new nemesis. Dude, win this series before you think you're anything in this league. Come on. Yeah, I think he's uh, a great player. I think you're right about him not doing anything in this league yet. He's done nothing. I mean, this is his first playoff series. So, 
I, I do think he's an incredible talent, uh, without a doubt. I don't, but I'm with you. I don't think he's earned the right to think that he could challenge these people. And I'm telling you, it's one thing to uh, what you're talking about. They'll respect you if you're good. There's no doubt in New York. If you're good, they'll respect you. And there's another thing. You challenge them, and, and you'll be lucky you don't get a battery in the head. Right. That I mean, for all you is the least of your worries right there. I mean, that is the least of your worries. It You are not even safe in that building. You're not even safe. I mean, when you least expect it, some idiot will do something to you and you'll never regret. You'll regret everything you ever did. If, if someone comes up and hurts you or stabs you, I mean, listen, uh, you can talk all you want that I'm crazy. I've seen it in sports. Not only, uh, not only the, um, the Brian Stowe incident in, in Los Angeles, but do you remember like Monica Sellish when that fan just stabbed her? Do you remember that? Like, she got stabbed by some lunatic. Yeah. Like, are you effing kidding me? And then, uh, what was the, the Tanya Harding? You remember that one? Like, that was even more demented. You got some conspiracy, some grand scheme, some moron attacks that, uh, th- that skater, Kerrigan. I can't even believe I remembered her names. Mafia, this is a great moment in time. Because as you know, I have early for Alzheimer's, and I just uh, I just remembered uh, two female skaters' names, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. It, did I get it right? I think I did. This is a miracle, Mafia. This is a moment in time that you have you to catch right. down in the. It really is. Can you pull out the book of things that we least expected Pharrell to ever be able to do again? Do you have that book handy? I think you still have it in the in the studio. I just remembered their names, two female figure skaters, and I know no female figure skaters. And that was like 20-some years ago, right? But uh, do you remember that one? Like, it's not even a joke. And like, you know, trust me, in Philadelphia, they'll hit you in the head with snowballs, with batteries in them, you name it. Uh, they mean That's business. they hit police horses. They're crazy. Like, they're crazy. But I got to ask you, uh, do you think they grow those those horses? Because they're, like, bigger than all other horses. Have you ever seen anything like how the police horses are bigger than all the other horses around the world? Like, horses are great. Then there's police horses that are, like, two, three foot bigger than the other ones. Like, where do they grow those horses? I need to know. It's a special breed of horse? Yeah, like the Clydesdales at Budweiser, they're just like, you know, there's certain horses are bigger than others, certain breeds, like certain dogs. No, but those, but the, but the horses in like New York City and Philly, those cop horses are enormous. And then when they cable in the street, it's the most gigantic pile of, of horse like cable ever. It's like an elephant. You're right. It's elephant. <laughs> it's, an, uh, it's, it's an elephant horse cable. Uh, just a gigantic pile of elephant cable out of a horse. I have no idea what's happened to this show tonight. I have no idea. We started talking about basketball, and the next thing you know, we're talking about figure skating and elephant cable. These things happen. 
They really do. Tonight, the Jazz hosting the Grizzlies and Salt Lake Shakers. That is evolving as we speak. That'll be on next as the uh, Knicks finish off Atlanta to even that series at one. Philadelphia now up two zip after destroying the Wizards tonight in Philadelphia, 120 to 95. This game is the last game left. Spida. Mitchell playing tonight. He's been out since mid-April with the ankle. He'll finally play tonight with the Jazz down one. They were laying nine and a half today on coast to coast. So that's happening. And then uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Pat Hickey, uh, the best hockey writer in the world with the Montreal Gazette, a good friend of the show. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Uh, we'll talk to him about all these games. The Lightning are up 2 nothing on the Panthers in the third with six minutes left. And the Knights Wild in the second, scoreless, is Pharrell on a bench. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. with people. Everybody expects every team in the effing league to win the Super Bowl. One team wins. The rest of them lose. Nothing for you. How about that? One last indignity. Pharrell on a bench. Uh, we got the legend back on the mahogany waxing up. We haven't talked to him in a while. He probably thought we forgot about him. That's not the case. Uh, Pat Hickey, the best uh, hockey writer in the world, is on the show again. How you doing, uh, Z Babes? What's happening, brother? I'm doing. I'm doing just fine, Scott. You know, it's great. Uh, it's great to be talking to a guy I, I once thought of as the best NHL play-by-play man in the league. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, you know, I, I thought they could have used me tonight in. Talk about uh, legends. Talk about legends. Listen, I, listen, I thought they could have used me tonight uh, on Strong Island when I was listening to uh, Forsland and Pierre uh, do a, a French porno on the Islanders. They were, uh, these two were, I mean, on their knees for the Islanders the whole series. There's nothing I hate worse. Honestly, I, honestly, I'm going to just say it. There's nothing I hate worse than announcers that um, suck up to a team because they're winning or playing well. Uh, and I thought those two did it the entire series. And it's even worse if I listen to Brendan and Butch do it because they're they're they get paid by the Islanders, which I understand <laughs> it. But listening to Butch Goring complain about refs for 25 years in every game, I want to stick a gun in my mouth. And then listening to Forslund and Pierre Maguire, I'll tell you what, I wanted to take a stick and shove it down Pierre's throat. I mean, uh, it was, honestly, like it was embarrassing. I even tweeted it out. Like, I mean, it's like you're on your knees for the Islanders. It's so obvious. Uh, It was embarrassing. And you know what? The difference between me and them was, uh, you know it's true. 
I used to call the other team's goals as exciting as the ones we never scored in Atlanta. <laughs> you, cer- you certainly you certainly did. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I have to tell you, well, first let's talk about, let's talk about that series first, and then we'll talk about the Canadians' problems. I want to ask you, flat out, so I thought Tristan Jari was the worst goalie I've ever seen in my life. I've been watching hockey for 50 years. I have never seen anyone worse in my life at giving up goals over the glove and up top, upstairs. I I cannot fathom a guy every single night for six games get beat up top on every single shot. And then you can't explain it to me, Pat, how that Sullivan didn't yank him tonight when he gave up the fourth goal. At at 3-3, I'm still okay because they were up 3-2. At 3-3, okay. 4-3. Wow, you got to take him out. 5-3, they leave him in. Now everyone says you can't play Legacy. I'll tell you what, I would have played a walrus before I would have kept that kid in the game. (laughs) He was broken on Monday night in double overtime. Uh, That was the end of uh, Tristan Jari uh, on Monday night. He had no chance winning that game tonight. None whatsoever. Yeah, it's interesting to see the problems they have in goal there and uh... And when you look at uh, Pierre uh, Marc Andre Fleury is still uh, winning games in uh, in Vegas, and uh, you know they gave up on him what, five six years ago, and uh, um, you know Jerry just uh, just you know goaltending is so important in the playoffs, and Jerry just had no chance uh, tonight. Um, I mean the Islanders, I picked the Islanders to win that series, and uh, you know I think that so they have I. the best uh, coaching around, and uh, you know they. You know, they have a good team. They have a fun, exciting team to play. Uh, you know, my parents were Islanders season ticket holders for about 25 years, and uh, they'd be really happy to see that team this uh, the way they're playing this year. I mean, I understand that. I bet on them, too. I mean, I, I'm on TV every day uh, in the afternoon, and I said the Islanders will win the series easily. That's 5-1 and one now, lifetime, against the Penguins in the playoffs. The Penguins cannot beat the New York Islanders in the postseason. They beat them six of eight times in the regular season. None of that matters. You play them in the postseason, uh, they lose every time. They beat them once. My entire life, there has never been a team more dominant against the Penguins in the postseason than the Islanders. The Penguins have won five Stanley Cups. They can beat every team in the league. They can't beat the Islanders. And you know it, Pat. Yep. Yeah, no, that's that, that's a matchup. I mean, you know, the, the Islanders had to be really happy when when that matchup uh, was, you know, the way that matchup worked. And uh, it'll be interesting to see now how they do against the Bruins. I, I'm looking forward to a really good series in that one. I, I have to ask you, are you surprised that Sullivan didn't yank him? Like, even if I understand that Legacy only played in one game the whole year, but that was a shutout against Buffalo. And all I know is it was a one nothing game. All I know is, is that guy gave up so many goals tonight. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't let in eight or nine. That's how bad he was. Like every shot they took went in. How in God's name do you leave a kid in that is that mentally washed. He was so yeah. beaten. And then when he did the interview after Monday night, he said, uh, or Tuesday, he wouldn't even talk Monday night. 
Tuesday, he said, what would he have done differently? He said, uh, stop the puck, maybe. And then he laughed. <laughs> like, when you start laughing about how bad you were and you don't take it seriously, I'm sorry, Pat. The kid's fried. I don't – I honestly believe, Pat, I, I mean it. I, I don't believe he'll ever be a good goalie in the NHL ever again based on what happened to him in this postseason. I don't think he'll ever recover from it. I truly believe he'll be a backup the rest of his life. Well, I think that's one position that they're going to have to upgrade there. I would have started Legacy in, you know, in, in one of these games uh, just to see where he was at. And, uh, uh, you know, it is very difficult when the guys only play one game in a season. But, you know, he's a, he's a veteran. You know, he's, he's a goaltender that's been around, and he understands the game. And sometimes you, you get a goaltender that you don't expect to, to play and the, the rest of the team rallies around him and uh, and feels that, you know, they've got to play extra hard defensively. And, uh, you know, I thought that might have made a difference. But but you're right. You know, when, when he lets in that third goal, you got to make a change there. Do you believe that after three straight first-round exits and he made no changes whatsoever, not one the entire series to any of his lines or anything, he never made one change of anything. He never did anything. I have to ask you, at some level, I believe Burke and, and uh, Hextall have to have a conversation about whether or not they should get rid of him. Because Sullivan did nothing. He just stood there, and he didn't coach. He just stood there, and he did nothing for this kid. I got to tell you, that kid was washed. He was finished Monday night. And then tonight, you see him three, you know, one nothing, one one, two one, two two. Three, three, two, three, three, four, three, five, three. I mean, it just was so unbelievable to me. I have never in my life seen a coach not yank the guy after he gives up two goals in 16 seconds. And you already knew what happened to him on Monday night. What the hell kind of job are you doing as a coach, even just protecting the kid from, I think, ruining his career? Honestly, Pat. You know, I, I think there will be changes there. You know, uh, uh, Brian Burke doesn't uh, doesn't give guys an awful lot of rope, um, you know, and and you know these guys, Hextall is you know his his job is on the line, so I think that you know one of the things that they're going to be looking for there is, is some some decisive move, and I think Sullivan is the guy that's going to go. Yeah, that's crazy. And do you believe that uh, the New York Rangers will hire him? Uh, I really, I, I don't know. It's a possibility. I mean, you know, the thing is, you know, he, it, it's one of these things, you know, he's had some success in the past and I think that, you know, there'll always be another team in line to in line to hire him. And there are a couple of vacancies, uh, you know, he would probably be a good fit in, in New York. Um, you know, there's, there's other guys that are out there. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Claude Julian uh, ends up if he decides that he wants to keep coaching. He's got another couple of years left at $5 million with the Canadians uh, uh, paying him. And uh, so, you know, there, there are going to be guys out there, um, and there are going to be some, you know, I, I would think that there'll be at least five or six teams that, that will change the uh, coaches during the offseason. Montreal may be one of them. Well, yeah. Do you believe that uh, Gerard Gallant would be? Uh, and I know there's a lot of young coaches out there that are 
that are on the table for, you know, gigs in the NHL. There's a lot of talk about, you know, minor league coaches and all these guys around the world that are really good, uh, that are up and coming high risers and all that. Uh, like, I wonder if the Penguins would be interested in Gallant because I, I thought he did a great job in Vegas. I was stunned when they fired him. I'll tell you what we're going to do, Pat. Can you hang on and and I'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about that. And then we'll talk about the Canadians problems because uh, they can't score. I think that's really uh, their big problem. And I just wanted to give an update on, we're talking to Pat Hickey, the Montreal Gazette. We'll talk about the Canadians when we come, when we come back, but I just wanted to give an update. The lightning, um, are up 4 nothing. It's a final now. They beat the Panthers and eliminated them from the playoffs. They win game six in Tampa, 4 nothing. And right now, seven left in the second. Vegas and the Wild in game six at the XL in Minneapolis are scoreless. Vegas wins. It's over. If the Wild win, Friday night will be game seven in Vegas. It's Pharrell on the bench. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Winning isn't a mystery. It's remaking the odds in your favor by developing a strategy through deftly applied expert information and insights. Where do you get this information? Right here. Well, duh. Get the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. We're talking to the best hockey writer in history, Pat Hickey of the Montreal Gazette, an absolute titan in the business and legend, one of my favorite people all time, a hockey fanatic, a New Yorker uh, through and through. Uh, he's just forced to live there. Uh, he won't admit it, uh, but it's true. He, he loves it here in New York. He, he, when he says that up in Montreal, they, they cuss at him in French. Anyway, the uh, Canadians had five power plays in the game the other night and had six shots on goal. Uh, I think they're like over in the series, aren't they, on the power play? Like, what is the problem? Jesus, what is the problem? Like, I watched the game, and I'm just sitting there going, I don't know what's worse, their inability to score or Tristan Jari? Well, it's probably a tie. Uh, you know, here's a, here's a situation, you know, I mean, they've scored, the Islanders tonight scored five goals, which is more goals than the Canadians scored in four games. Uh, they just can't put the puck in the net. They've got really good goaltending and Carey Price, but he's got to be totally frustrated. I mean, you know, they, they've won one game in the series. They won the first game on the road, 2-1. Uh, but if you look at the goals, they had a shorthanded goal and they had a fluke. Yeah, you know, and since then they've they've scored two goals in the next three, you know, total in the next three games. Um, there's just no offense there at all. Uh, uh, they've got guys that, uh, you know, the guys on the top two lines have one goal, and that's just not good enough. Uh, so they've got no um, no scoring at all from their uh, from the back end from the defensemen. Uh, the power play is totally static. They try to get. The puck back to Shea Weber for a big booming uh, 
uh, slap shot, but every team knows it's coming, and they just get in the lane and uh, and take the punishment. If uh, you know, you have to take you have a lot of guts to get in the way of a Shea Weber slap shot, but guys are doing it, and uh, so you know, unless they can figure out some way to uh, to score goals, uh, this series is over tomorrow night. So I can't understand Pat, uh, and they're getting roasted by old guys like Jumbo. Uh, Thornton and uh, Jason Spezza, who's also, uh, you know, days away from a wheelchair. I mean, both of them are having huge, uh, you know, uh, opportunities in, in these games. Like, I, I know Thornton tipped one in on a pass from Spezza. I saw that goal. Uh, they're getting lit up by them. And how about the nightmare of Galchenia coming back to haunt them? Well, that's um, that's something there. You know, Galchenyuk has probably revived his career in these playoffs. Uh, he's been with five teams since the Montreal uh, since Montreal gave up on him. Uh, this is a former number three overall draft pick. Uh, he had lots of problems here off the ice in Montreal, uh, and then he's had problems everywhere he's been since then. But the, the uh, Leafs picked him up in midseason from Ottawa. And it looks like he's turned his game around a little bit. He's got lots of talent. Um, he picked up a couple of assists. He had a three-point night the other night of going two assists. It's right. interesting. Austin Matthews, who was the leading goal scorer in the league, has in, in three of the four games, he hasn't had a point. So you figure, yeah. you know, oh, geez, if we can keep uh, Austin Matthews off the score sheet, we've got a chance to win. Hasn't happened and, uh, you know, they've got guys, uh, Marner hasn't really produced the, but all of these, these, um, second tier players have come up big. Um, Joe Thornton, I mean, it's amazing. Here's the guy 41 years old and he's still out there producing, uh, getting in people's face. And, uh, that right now they're playing without, uh, John Tavares. He got, he got hurt in the first game of the series. Uh, right. Nick Foligno's out. So you got you got two two of your top uh, three centers are out of the game, and uh, yet they're still rolling. So Pat Hickey with us from the Montreal Gazette on the bench. So let me ask you, um, what's it like uh, I, I, when I'm watching the game at the Bell Center and there's nobody there, and then when they're playing in Toronto, there's nobody there, and I understand the ramifications of what's happened with COVID up there and how, I don't know, Pat, I got to tell you, it seems kind of backward ass to me that there's, it's like prehistoric what I'm watching. Like, how is it that like they're at the garden tonight, a full house watching the Knicks. They're at the long Island at the Coliseum at the barn. The place was full with 14,000, whatever. And I don't know. They're lying. If they said they said there was nine thousand there tonight, there wasn't nine thousand there tonight. Every seat was taken. That place was packed. All I know is, in Canada, they're not allowing fans any of them at the games. There is absolutely no home ice advantage whatsoever for any of these teams. How crazy has that been to see again? Like you know, last year they. You know, it was the same thing. Now, now here you are. A year later, they're playing in the playoffs and still no fans. What's it like? Well, it, it's very, very bizarre. It's uh, you know, you, you there's no. Uh, they try to pump in some crowd noise and and things like that. You you do all the interviews by Zoom. Um, you know, there's some games I don't even bother you know going to because 
It's a lot easier to sit home and watch them on television. How, how we would have had fans if, if there's a game six, there will be some fans at the Bell Center. Um, they've just gotten permission to uh, to allow 2,500 fans in. Um, I don't think they've decided yet who's going to who the 2,500 fans are going to be. Um, some suggestion is that there'll be frontline workers, uh, you know, health workers and, and people who have been on the you know the health the, the front line against the COVID. Um, but of course, you know, it may not happen now because if they don't win the, tomorrow night, there isn't going to be a game six in Montreal. Well, what's the plan, Pat, for, uh, you know, when someone wins the Canadian division and they move on, are they going to have to play uh, elsewhere? What, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they, are they, I mean, they're not going to let the teams go up there. Are they from America? No, I think I think the plan is for the whatever team wins the Canadian division will move to the states and play all their games in the states. At, at, like where? Well, wherever whoever they're playing against, they're gonna play uh, every game the, at the... the 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 team they're playing against will will have will have four to seven home games. Oh my God! Then they, they, I mean, oh my, and fans—they'll have no chance. I mean, right now, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays are playing all their games, all their home games, uh, so-called home games in Tampa, and the uh, the soccer team, the MLS team, is playing in Florida. Um, you know, just because there's the border is, is essentially right. closed, and uh, so there'll be no. Uh, uh, no possibility. I mean, um, we probably, I mean, whoever ends up doing it, the, the media from that city will probably not travel. The TV people will because they're part of the bubble, um, you know, going through testing all the time. And uh, uh, my hope is that, um, you know, by next October, things will be will be more or less back to normal. And, um, you know, I'll be able to travel again. And uh, uh, we've done a very good job of, of vaccinating people here. And um, they figured that by July, we'll have hit that 75, 80% threshold that they want to, to open, open things up. I mean, they're vaccinating people as quickly as they can get vaccines. And right. uh, we don't have the same... We don't have the same availability of vaccines as they do in the United States, um, you know, because most of the companies are either based in Europe or in the United States, and, and we get, um, you know, supplies of vaccines as they're available. And um, I know that uh, well, we did get a notice. I had I got my first Pfizer shot in March. I was supposed to get my second one in July, and. I just got a notice the other day saying that will probably be moved up. I'll probably get it sometime in June. And, um, you know, I, I've been, I've been pretty careful, but it's, it's been a very strange year. I mean, I spent, I spent all last summer, uh, there was no sports to do. And I ended up covering demonstrations every weekend. Well, I mean, uh, you gotta be kidding me. Like what, what, like, I don't understand. It sounds uh, like, it sounds kind of backward assed. How is it that Canada, like, how is it that in you in the U.S. we've gotten literally fifty percent of every every 
human being, you know, adult has gotten both vaccine shots. 50% of this country, they've gotten both doses. And then now they're giving them to kids. And, uh, but you, it sounds to me like, cause I work with a guy that's, you know, a couple guys on our network are on, they're in Toronto and, and, and Vancouver. And they're always telling me how there's no shots and there's no availability for vaccines. And it's just, it's been kind of real slow. Like you just uh, elaborated. And all I know is I don't understand that. Like, I mean, what what is happening where Canada is so behind everyone else? I, I just, it makes we no sense to me. Well, we don't have a plant here that, that manufactures vaccines. So we're, we're dependent on getting them from Europe or from the United States. Right. And that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. Everything has to be imported. It, um, you know, there's some talk about, uh, about building a vaccine factory here, but by the time they get it up and running, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be. Uh, you know, we have all we have all the top American drugs companies here, including Pfizer, um, but they're making the you know, plant up here is making Viagra instead of vaccines. <laughs> Listen to him, Mafia. All right, Pat. Uh, real quick, I only got a couple minutes. Who do you like uh, in? This uh, the remainder of this Vegas uh, game against the Wild still scoreless after two periods. Do you think Vegas finishes them off tonight or in Game Seven in Vegas, or do you think the Wild somehow steal this series? I think Vegas. I think Vegas is going to finish it off tonight. Uh, you know, I just think that uh, uh, Flurry is playing you know just outstanding hockey, and I think they're going to figure out a way to score the goals that. I'd feel a lot more confident if Pacioretty was uh, was 100%. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I think they still have enough firepower to, to squeeze a game, squeeze a goal or two out and, uh, and win that series. Who do you think wins uh, between – respectfully, I got 60 seconds. Who, who wins between Vegas and Colorado? I think Colorado wins. Uh, Me too. I, I like their their offense. I think they've got firepower. They, they've got a, they got a more balanced team. And uh, they say, you know, missing Pacioretty hurts them. And uh, uh, but I think they've got some some really good young players in the, in Colorado, and, and they're going to give anybody in this league uh, a tussle. God, their speed is so unbelievable. They just come at you like the Russian Red Army, don't they? They're, they're, they're they just, phenomenal. They, they just keep coming at you. Yeah, right. They, they, they never they really stop. Do. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Hey, Pat, it's great catching up, my man. I love having you on the show tonight. It made my day. Uh, maybe we'll get you back anytime, on. Anytime, uh, we'll, Scotty. You know what? Maybe Mafia will get him on uh, later in the playoffs on the TV side. We'll get him on uh, the Coast to Coast show uh, in the afternoon, maybe. All right, Pat. Anytime, it's great Pat. having you on. We'll be in touch. We'll get you on. Thanks for coming on the bench tonight. All the best to you and the family. All right, there he is, the legendary Pat Hickey from the Montreal Gazette on the bench. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. They were going through the motions. They were lifeless. I don't like that or condone that at all. I play it straight up, yo. 
All right, so um, I think I'll uh, hold off to the top of the hour, Mafia, to take the call because I only have, like, whatever, a minute or something here to uh, talk. So uh, then I'll have more time to talk to him at the at the top of the hour, which is just in a few minutes anyway. So if you waited this long, you can uh, wait another couple minutes, and then you'll have all the time in the world to talk to me. I'm, I got people in Pittsburgh that want to talk to me about the Penguins. And I'm I'm down with that. I will say, uh, I I think I said it to Pat Hickey that I am, and you heard what he said. He said flat out that he thinks Mike Sullivan's getting fired because um, Burke and Hextall are running that team now, and they're not. They didn't hire Mike Sullivan, and they're changing that team left and right, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to change the team. There is no way. That I, I, that they don't have a conversation. That, that Lemieux and and Burke and Hextall. There's no way they don't have a conversation about Mike Sullivan. Uh, it's been three years of this losing in the first round in a row, and I just thought he stood there like a wax doll this time and and did nothing to adapt or change during the series. I just thought he stood there and kept rolling out the same three lines. And then he kept the same defensive pairings, and he left that kid in goal every night and never had the stones to at least yank him and put in Legacy for at least – I mean, all it was was a, a, a period, basically. I mean, when the kid was getting lit up, and it was 3-3, 4-3, 5-3, and he kept him in there, I mean, I don't know what coach in the league wouldn't have yanked the guy. He was shot. He was done. Kaput. So – I thought the job Mike Sullivan did was embarrassing. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 